0: This is The Takeaway. I'm Todd Zwillick, filling in for John Hockenberry all this week. Thanks for listening. Well, we're kicking off an exciting and historic week today, as the Supreme Court prepares to hear two potentially landmark cases on same-sex marriage. On Tuesday, the court hears a challenge to California's Proposition 8, the state constitutional amendment banning gay marriage. And on Wednesday, the court hears challenges to the Defense of Marriage Act, DOMA, a federal law that prohibits spousal benefits like medical leave or joint tax filing for gay couples. Later this hour, we're going to take a look at one of the quirkier aspects of hot-ticket hearings at the Supreme Court, people paid to stand in line so that other people can witness democratic history. And we'll talk about whether gay rights are the civil rights issue of our time, you don't have to wait in line at all. You can weigh in on that conversation by calling eight seven seven eight my take Well, our next guest might be young, but they are civil rights activists in their own right. They're all children of gay couples in America, and their ages span over a generation, each experiencing the reality of growing up in a household with gay parents very differently. Sarah Gogan is 24 years old, adopted by two gay fathers in 1998. She was one of the very first gay adoptions in California. Melina Simard-Holm is 16 years old and a junior in high school. She is also raised by a gay male couple. And Kevin Gibson-Weinberger is 13. He's a 7th grader in L.A., also raised by two gay dads. Welcome, guys.
1: Hi, how are you? Hello, great to be here, Todd. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, well, Sarah Gogan in San Francisco, I want to start with you. You're 24, But you were adopted by two dads at a time when, you know, gay marriage was not on the national scene, when Prop 8 didn't exist, when Supreme Court arguments over gay rights didn't exist, and certainly 60% of the American public didn't think that gay marriage was a good thing. So things have changed, but what was it like for you? Give me a memory of being the first. It's not necessarily an easy first.
2: Yes. uh, You know, it was difficult, um, especially because my dads were not allowed to be married at that time. They did get married in California during that short little window um, with Prop 8, but at the time they had to do a separate adoption. Um, My pop was the first to do the adoption and then my dad had to wait another year um, for the adoption to be complete. Um, So for an entire year there was kind of this concern of what happens if somebody questions my dad's relationship to me. Um, I am multiracial, I am part Pacific Islander, and so I look a lot different than my Irish um, father. And so oftentimes people would be giving us weird looks. And I think as I um, got into grammar school, and I didn't really understand why people would be treating us differently. So for me growing up, I just knew my family is my family. These are my two dads, you know, we do everything the same as everybody else. We go to school, we work, we, we fight, we love, we, that's it, we're a family. But I think a lot of times I would feel the adversity would be when I was in school, especially with you know, with the bullying that has been going on and you know, you hear things on the playground and people, you know, they throw out the words, they throw out queer, they throw out, you know, the F word, they throw out all these words, um, sometimes not even really knowing what it means and not really directing it towards, you know, another person. Um, so that was a lot of what I experienced I think growing up. Um, so that's why I am curious to see if, if, you know, things have changed where kids do feel a little bit more comfortable talking yeah. about their families and their differences. Um, so I'm excited to hear their stories.
0: All right. Well, Melina, you're in Palm Springs on vacation, I read, which is nice. I'm a little jealous. But I want to ask you what what you think as you hear Sarah's story here. You know, it occurs to me uh, with bullying, getting teased. We all know that kids who are different get teased for all kinds of reasons. Too tall, too short, too fat, too dark gay parents. Um, And, you know, when you when you moved uh, to Santa Fe and had a bit of a hard time when you were a kid, describe that a little bit. Did it really feel different? Or were you just another kid who got a bit of a hard time because you weren't the same as everybody else in the playground?
1: Um, Well, moving to Santa Fe was definitely a very hard time for me. And I mean, I was just different, but it felt like I was the subject of a lot of um, bullying almost. And my parents were also being discriminated against um, my parents been trying to get married for 36 years and they still have been unable to and so on a school level yes I was a different kid I had two gay dads but on a political level too my parents were still um, lacking in some privileges they still were unable to do certain things and to um, obtain certain rights and so I felt in a sense that even the institutions and the government was discriminating against my family so I felt even more stigmatized or ostracized in a sense. Mm.
0: And did that improve as you got a little bit older through high school? You know, a lot of times they say with anybody who's different, once you get to know them, they're not scary anymore. I wonder if you experienced
1: that. I think once kids in New Mexico were exposed to my family, they definitely changed a lot. But it was definitely a process for me coming to terms with my family, accepting myself. Um, Having gay parents has truly informed me as a person, though, as I've grown older and leave me perceive the world in a very different way. And I think this fear kind of converted into this drive to be a part of social justice and really fight for the cause.
0: Well, Kevin Gibson Weinberger, you're listening to two older kids, but what about your experiences being the child of two dads? I don't know, kind of normal at this point. I mean, you're a little bit younger, and now, you know, 60% of America supports gay marriage kind of different from the way Sarah grew up. What's it like for you? Well,
3: I feel like more kids in my school have two dads or two moms. Um, And families are more diverse nowadays. So I don't really feel left out. I don't really get bullied at school at all. I don't recall being bullied at all, honestly. But I feel like kind of the government is bullying my parents by not letting them have rights that they should have. Like, I get all these rights You know, not as many as adults, but I get rights, and when I'm older, I get rights to marry, and I feel like they should have rights to marry also.
0: Well, Sarah, you hear Kevin saying that, and I'm sure that you've experienced many of the same things. You're, of course, a little bit older, but boy, times have changed, haven't they, even so?
2: Yes, times definitely have changed. It's actually it's incredible to hear Kevin saying that that there are other kids in the school that are like you that have two dads or two moms. Um when I was growing up, I was the only person um and we were actually rejected by several different schools. Um one was in our parish. Um we are Catholic, so we decided we would go with the Catholic school route do a K through 8. Um, And in the parish that that I grew up in, we weren't allowed to go to school. Um, We tried to another parish, still not allowed to go to school. So it's incredible to see how at least schools have changed. Um, Having all of this out in the open, being able to talk about it, seeing it in the news, it um, it's really changed my life, and, and it's crazy and great to see kids so young, starting so young and really standing up for their beliefs and standing up for their families and um, just sort of taking more of a stand because their families are being, like you said, directly affected by what's going on right now in politics, and the news, in the world. Um, so it's, it's kind of cool to see this change.
0: Still at the same time, Melina, do you just feel like A 16-year-old who's a junior in high school and just wants to have a family? Or do you feel like somebody who's kind of riding the wave of a civil rights movement? I mean, I can understand, you know, just letting the court cases go on and just wanting to get on with it.
1: No, I definitely feel like I want to be a part of the huge wave and the huge surge that has taken up in the past few years and the huge civil rights movement. Um, Actually, a couple of people from the Outspoken Generation organization wrote little sections for the Mika's brief, little testimonies to show how we felt about um, the whole cases and our parents getting married. And I definitely feel like I want to get more involved. I don't want to just be a standby and watch while something's so important and so um, monumental for our family takes place.
0: Well, it's interesting, Sarah. You're, you're a little older, of course, and you've battled a little bit. And I know you wouldn't presume to give advice, but maybe you would. I wonder if listening to these other... Two kids, you know, it doesn't really sound like anybody's having a great deal of trouble now, which is heartening. But I wonder if you have any advice for Melina or Kevin. Sounds like Kevin's doing just fine, actually.
2: Yeah, well, um, it's it's really great to actually hear hear you guys, Melina and Kevin, um, and what you were saying, Melina, about really you know, fighting for the cause and and standing up and really being part of this movement, this is a huge part of history. And the cool thing is, is you get to see it from the beginning to the end. You get to see, you know, everything that's going on in the courts, and you get to be part of the generation that can grow up, and hopefully then everybody will be able to get married. Everybody will, you know, be equal, and, and that's what we're striving for. Um, I've spent my life doing this kind of work, and it's um, finally rewarding to see, other people, other generations, sort of take the role now and keep going and keep the movement going, and, and that's the advice is just don't give up and just keep doing what you guys are doing because you're, you're kicking butt right now. So.
0: All right, Melina, what do you think?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think Sarah and the work of others before us have definitely paved the way, and I think it's our turn to finally stand up and fight for what we believe in because it's truly a great cause and it affects our family so personally. Thank you, Sarah.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. It's really awesome to hear you guys.
0: Kevin, what do you think?
3: Um, I think I would like to actually work for a nonprofit organization for gay marriage. I know my dad's very involved with that, so I wouldn't mind. Like, that'd be kind of interesting and cool, joining some nonprofits and helping them out.
0: Well, it does make me want to ask all three of you, Kevin. Let me start with you, and we'll we'll go back the way we came. Look. Nobody knows how these cases are going to turn out this week. If Prop 8 is upheld, if gay marriage remains illegal, if the Defense of Marriage Act is upheld and, and your dads can't get federal benefits, even if they are married, what does that mean for you? I mean, regardless of the way the court goes, of course, you're still a family, but what if you lose? If
3: gay marriage is approved and my parents do get married, we're no less of a family or no more of a family. So... This affecting
1: who we are will not change.
0: Melina, what do you think? What if you lose?
1: I think it will be heartbreaking to hear that, but I think we are resilient as a community, and we'll step back up there to fight again for the cause. My family, we don't need marriage to affirm our love. We've been together, well, my dads have been together for 36 years, and our family is just as normal as any other family without marriage. But it would be wonderful and incredible to see, finally, that all of this work would culminate in something that would confirm that people find us somewhat equal and that we'll be able to share some of the privileges that others share.
0: Sarah in San Francisco, I know you're not ready to lose.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know,
2: um, actually like Melina said, um, when my dads got married in that short little window um, with Prop 8, we said at the wedding that we were doing this because it was a celebration of my dad's life together. They've been together and I, I know I'm putting their ages on blast for over 40 plus years. And for them, they've been married in the eyes of their community, in the eyes of their families and their friends. They've been married for that long. Um, so they don't need a piece of paper to tell them. What's hard and what's disheartening for us is this is something that we've worked for our entire lives, and all we want is to see it through. We want to see that the next generations are going to be taken care of, are going to be able to be equal and to be loved. and. And that's where it's going to be hard for us.
0: Well, like with so many cases in front of the Supreme Court, these cases are not abstract. You know, this week there are going to be dads and moms, families and kids watching these cases and waiting for the impact on their individual lives. And I want to thank you guys. Sarah Gogan from San Francisco, thanks for being here. Thank you. And Melina simard in Palm Springs on vacation. I appreciate it. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And especially Kevin Gibson Weinberger in Los Angeles. Kevin, I really appreciate you being here and talking to us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, Sarah, Melina, and Kevin are all raised by gay fathers and will be closely following what happens in the Supreme Court this week. Still to come today, Brussels has agreed to bail Cyprus out of bankruptcy. That's coming up in a moment here on The Takeaway.